Thank you, Lord. I do believe brother was talking about being delivered from all his past sins. And I believe there's others in this community need delivered. Alcoholism, drug addiction, all kind of sins. Oh, we're excited about Jesus be saving people. We just don't want to be around the sinner. But listen to me. We got to get them in church to see them saved. Amen. We got to reach out to them, invite them, and tell them there's help for them. Amen. So don't uh, don't be like the Pharisee. Don't be like the scribe. Let's uh, let's pray. Let's pray that God would work. Matthew 16. Very. If you're really reading your Bible and putting yourself into what is being said to apply it to your life. This is a tough passage. It's pretty tough. But God's got something for us for sure. God always has something for us in his word. Help me pray. Father, thank you for your word again. Thank you for truth. God, it's not my will. It's not what I want to say. It's not some fancy story. But what is truth? Lord, put it in our hearts. Lord, put it deep within our hearts, God, and help us. Lord, that we would continue on in you. Bless your people, Lord, I pray. Give us ears to hear what your spirit would say. Help me, Lord, I pray. Anoint me, God. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Matthew 16, verse 21 says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem And suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And be raised up again the third day. Now to us, listen for a minute. To us, that doesn't seem like a shocking statement. We know the whole story. We know that that's what Jesus came to do. And this is the exciting part of uh, of his life. He's going to suffer and die for our sins. Amen. But can you imagine what the disciples must have been thinking? Peter, it says, then Peter took him, began to rebuke him. It's almost seems to me that the passion in his statement was that he must have just grabbed him maybe by the arm or by the shoulders and rebuked Jesus, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. Thou savorest, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, those that be of men. God bless you. You can be seated. I I think there's something very important here that we need to recognize. God's plan and God's purpose was unfolding just as he said it would. Amen. Amen. We understand, let me say again, that the cross was inevitable. That was God's will. That's why he came to to, to live among us so that he could die for us. Amen. Amen. This isn't a shock to us, but the disciples, they're seeing power. They're seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. And they're believing, like the rest of the religious community of that day, that he as the Messiah was going to reign as a conquering king. And it was just going to keep getting better and better and, and, and nobody would stand in their way. This is right after what happened when Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? 
Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus tells him, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father in heaven. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. Jesus is building his church. And it's not on Peter. Uh Uh-uh. Hallelujah. He is the rock. Jesus is the rock. Amen. He is the cornerstone of the church. Jesus said, I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Like I said this morning, God's got you in his hand. You're safe in him. Amen. Do his will. Seems like uh, Peter probably is feeling pretty good about himself about this time. Enough to be able to step in and feel like it was a good idea to rebuke Jesus when he said, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to be killed, but I'm going to raise again. Amen. Peter rebukes him and says, this is not going to happen. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me. That word offense is not he hurt you my feelings. Oh, how dare you say something like that? An offense is a snare, a stumbling block, an occasion to fall. What Peter did does not seem maybe comparing it to all the sins that were going on around in the community. If you want to say, hey, Jesus, did you see these folks over here at this bar? Did you see these folks over here uh, in this place of sin? That's, that, isn't that the devil? Isn't that how Satan works? But Peter needed corrected. And why did he get corrected? See, the thing is, Jesus is heading towards a cross. And if it hasn't been made clear up to this point, let me try again to make it perfectly clear. The the lashes on his back, the crown of thorns, the nails in his hands and his feet, the lifting up between heaven and earth, the spectacle that was made of him, the suffering and hours of humiliation and torturous pain up until death. Really, if I understand scriptures was hardly even the tip of the iceberg of what he was getting ready to endure. Amen. Say, brother, come on now. How are you going to back that statement up? He said, let this cup pass from me. This cup, though, is going to be your sin. Worse than a lash on his back, that the purity of that humanity that housed the divinity of God would now taste of your sins and my sins. Would now feel the shame, the guilt, the condemnation that he never felt before. Amen. To feel the the filth. To taste of the evil of all the sins of humanity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Peter came to Jesus, he was missing the point of everything they were doing. And though it didn't seem not only like a bad thing, it seemed like he was being encouraging. 
But he was so far off the mark, didn't realize the devil's using you to tempt me to think that there's another path that I can take. Amen. Didn't seem so bad. Probably if it was wrong, I don't even know how it could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to say, no, you're missing the mark and. And it was the devil working. You know, a lot of times folks miss the mark and don't realize how the devil is working in it. Amen. Doesn't seem so bad. Certainly there's other people who are a lot worse off than I am. But when we miss the vision of what God is really trying to do in you, in the church that he's building, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And we make it more difficult for God's will to be done. Could it be appropriate to say, get behind me, Satan? Amen. Sometimes I believe we need it. Amen. Sometimes I believe we need to recognize, hey, God's doing something bigger here than my own short-sightedness can perceive. I better make sure I'm praying. I better make sure I'm sensitive to God because I don't want to get in his way. Amen. When we come into God's church, there is purpose in everything we do. How we pray, how we worship, how we testify. It's not a light matter. It's just like, well, this is kind of the way we like. People say, well, you know, the way you do it, it's not up to the way we like to do it. Uh, if you, if you want to, if you're comfortable with that, I've never thought that. Coming into a church trying to find God, I've never found it comfortable for my flesh. Amen. God's calling us to a purpose. There is a a reason for why God has us here and hasn't called you out and taken you to heaven. How many times over the years I've heard people say, you know what, if uh, why doesn't God just take me to heaven and keep me from all these battles, all these trials, all these suffering? (coughs) Why doesn't he just take people to heaven right away? He's got a church he's building. He's got a plan and a purpose in this world. This world full of sin, this world full of uh, uh, filthiness, this world full of the the devil. Amen. He's called you to be a part of what he's doing. You come into church and you got a plan. You know what I'd like to see happen? It's hard for me when people say things like that. You know what I'd like to hear you preach? (laughs) You know what I'd like to see happen in a service? It's hard for me not to chuckle and come across impolite because I don't walk into this church and say, you know what I think I'd like to see happen? You know what I would like? I say, God, not my will. Not my thoughts and understanding that I'm going to lean upon. Oh, if you could have your way, Lord. And if I feel like I'm sure I know exactly the way you're going, but God, you just nudge me and say, no, 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 we're going this way now. God, you just lead and I'll follow. Amen. Amen. That's what we need. 
And everybody's a part of that. When God starts moving and leading in a direction, I wish I could say it's just always so easy. But there's, there's going to be well-intentioned men and women like Peter that say, not so, that's not best, that's not right, and make it more difficult to have revival, to have an outpouring, to have an anointing, to feel a purpose. Amen. I will never feel uncomfortable. I know some of you might find this hard to believe, but if someone comes in this church, they don't know any better. They don't. They're. That's that's not going to make me uncomfortable. I feel like God's excited about the challenge and to reach out to somebody that needs it. But a, but a religious spirit that thinks it knows better than an anointing, than a direction from God that doesn't get sensitive to God. It makes it harder to preach. Get behind me, Satan. Makes it harder to worship God and just feel the flow of the spirit. Get behind me, Satan. Amen. The exciting thing about this message is Peter took the message and didn't didn't run off. And he stayed with it and said, you know what? I, I want to figure out what I've done wrong. Make sure I don't do it again. Last time, I want to be called Satan. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes what's easiest on any given day that we are seeking God Trying to do the will of God. What's easiest for you or for me is not necessarily what is in line with what God is trying to do. Amen. Amen. Sometimes as a family and sometimes on your job, sometimes uh, uh, whatever it might, you're trying to accomplish. It's not, hey, I'm going to just try. You, You want it to go as easy as possible. Sure you do. But sometimes the easy path is not always the best path. Right? So you got to just go ahead and do what it takes to get the job done that you want to get done. Amen. Talked this morning about having a busy day. Talked to a brother this afternoon. How was your day? Brother Mike said, oh man, I was busy all day. Did you get a lot accomplished? Yep. It's a good day. But when somebody says, you know what, I got, I, I got so much to do. Did you? I just took the easy path. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to build up. Amen. It's going to cause you more stress. It's the way it is in every area of life. But when we come to the house of God, why are we so blind sometimes? Hey, wait a minute. Stop and think about what's God trying to do? What's God want in this service? Oh, I know what I want. Sometimes what you want is not always what God is in line with what God's doing. Sometimes, listen now. If you're fighting battles, this is the place you need to be. But don't let your personal battles derail the plan of God. Amen. You can get help in church. You can get strength in church. Amen. You can get victory in church. But don't. Don't allow your personal battles to make it harder for the spirit to move. You come to God and submit and surrender and say, God, I've I've come to church with a mess. God, God's going to move. God's going to start talking to brothers and sisters. Come on, start praying for them. Start working. Somebody might not even know why they're speaking in tongues when they're praying for you. 
Somebody else might feel like, oh, I need to go over and, and pray with them. Or somebody else might say, I've got a word of encouragement for them. And, and God's going to help you. Right. <laughs> and we'll have a great service. Right. But you sit and you allow that personal battle to, to make it harder for the spirit to move by being stubborn. God has a plan to do something great and you make it harder for the preacher to preach. You make it harder for people to hear. Amen. I think it'd be very appropriate to say, get behind me, Satan. Amen. Because what you're seeing is. What we, we see here right now is that God's got a purpose and God's got a plan. And this is the front lines. What's happening in here? God's equipping. God's convicting souls. God's working and, and moving in so many different ways. And you get in the way of that. That's a devil. Yeah. Oh, you know, you say it's a de- everything. No, not everything's the devil. That is. <laughs> that is. When God's trying to do one of the most important things he's ever caught, he's building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you get in the way. Hallelujah. That's a devil. You make it harder for us to have revival. You make it harder for us to to feel God. You make it harder for us to move forward in God. That's the devil. Amen. It doesn't have to be so evil. It doesn't have to be Peter saying, I'm done. I'm I'm giving up. No, just just not seeing the goal, the purpose, the vision of what we're doing and why. And getting in the way. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've seen so many times different things. I've read different uh, job positions that I've been a part of. They're going to give you the company uh, directives, the company goals that they're trying to face, the, what's important to them. And they're going to say every decision needs to be based on where we're trying to be in five years. Where we're trying to be in 10, 20 years. What we, and every decision, everything we do is based on moving in a purposeful direction. So many people lose, have no purpose. You say, well, I just want to glorify God. Do you? How? Everything you do needs to be in line with God's purpose for you and for your place in the church. Amen. Amen. Listen to me, as evil as we can point out in all the things that's happening in the government, all the things that are happening in Hollywood, all the filth that's happening in the music industry, say, man, that's the devil. I wouldn't disagree. But that's always been. Amen. I know it's getting worse and things are getting more and more public with things. I understand that. But we've, we've dealt with demonic influence since I've been in church. But when God could take somebody like Peter and say, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. And Peter just gets off track and looks at what's easier, more convenient. That's the devil. When he's distracting us from the church's main purpose. People come to church all their lives and never really get a a vision of what we're trying to accomplish. Why? See, there's some things that are going to happen that are not pretty. Amen. You can pick apart preaching. You can pick apart your brothers and sisters. You can be the critic. 
and try to rate just how things went and how, how strong preachers are and how good this saint is and how good a service is and all that and how you feel about it. But there's always those people that sit back and critique. Don't be that guy. Be the one that steps up and says, I understand what, what we're trying to accomplish. I get where we're trying to go with this, and it's not always fun or easy, exciting. Sometimes it's labor, but I want to get involved because I want to hear well done. I don't want to be used to the devil. God is so good. We heard these testimonies today, this morning, and this evening, how God is so good to us. And he is. But listen to me. Anybody that's just been a part of anything, your family, uh, something on, on a job that you, sometimes what's best for one right. is not necessarily what's best for everyone. Right. Right. Amen. Yeah. Sometimes what's least convenient for you personally or for me is necessary to find the will of God. Can I say this and I hope you understand. Sometimes the people who are extremely spiritual and gifted can be the biggest problems if they just get off track a little bit too selfish and a little less realizing what's best for everybody. First Corinthians 12. Let me show you what the Bible says. First Corinthians 12. Verse four says, now there are diversities of gifts. We've all got different gifts. Many times people come to me and say, what, what do you think my gift is? That's a good question. But can I tell you what is probably the best answer I can give 90 plus percent of the time? Seek to be a help. Seek to be a help. Don't seek a position. Don't seek a a role. Just seek to help the best you can. Amen. And see how God uses you. Every chance you get, help, bless, serve. Amen. Because that's how God's going to develop your gift. And what you're going to find is the more you bless, help, and serve, don't pass up opportunities that are beneath you. Look to do everything you can, and you're going to find out some things you're really good at. And God starts opening up more doors like that. And God starts using you great away because you're developing that gift. That's been my personal testimony. It's been what I try to pass on. People that say, well, this is what God's doing in me. Good, good, good. But you're going to find out if you don't read these chapters 12, 13, and 14 of 1 Corinthians. If you're not ministering, helping, blessing, serving, giving... You're not important in the house of God. Can you imagine God looking at somebody super gifted and saying, you're not really important to me because you're not really doing, you're not really in the groove of what I'm trying to do. You've got this idea and it's amazing, but it's not my will. And that makes it worthless to me. Look what it says. Diversities of gifts, same spirit, same spirit in everybody. We don't, 
look at somebody else and say, well, they don't have my gift or I don't have their gift, so I'm more important or I'm not as important. No, same spirit. God's working in different people, different ways. There are differences in administration. Somebody might have a similar gift. They work it in a different way. Oh, I speak in tongues, but it doesn't sound like this person. That's all right. Same spirit. I encourage, I, I've seen people prophesy by stepping out and just calling somebody up at a prayer line and speaking the name of the Lord, uh, the word of the Lord over them very specifically, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a word of prophecy. And I've seen others just in the preaching, just as clearly under an anointing, use the same gift in a different administration. But the same Lord, there are diversities of operations, but the same God, which worketh in all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. What I think is important, what I think is best, really has nothing to do with anything. How does it profit the church God is building? I heard a man say years ago, a preacher, say that if you got two people coming to do a job in your backyard and one of them's got a, a digging iron. The other one pulls up in a, in a backhoe. Don't get mad at me if I use the guy who can profit most. Right. Right. Amen. Right. Can I tell you that's how God works. Right. When we get an understanding, how can I be the biggest blessing in the church? Right. How can I be the biggest help when the kingdom of God is being built? Right. That's when God really starts yeah. pouring it in more and more and more. You remember, uh, if you turn over into chapter 14, it talks about a lot of this. And I use this, I think it's so rich. It's a principle that's being used specifically about the gift of, of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And I thought about this many years ago. God is saying, you know, you... Uh, may have more than one person that has the ability to give a gift, a message in tongues or an interpretation or both. It says if if you give a message in tongues, pray that he may interpret. So, but the Bible says that there may be somebody else. They feel that same anointing, that same unction. They have that same direction. But we don't want, we want things to be done decently and in order. Amen. I know we have this idea that the Spirit of God will orchestrate everything perfectly, yet we have a human factor that God has dealt with in His Word. That somebody might feel it just as much as somebody else might feel it. And one doesn't feel it more than the other. Amen. They both have a gift, it's real. They both feel like God wants to use. But if they both talk over each other, that's confusion. No one will be edified except the person speaking in tongues. They're just going to feel so great. God's working in me and I'm speaking in tongues. I feel that anointing. God's using me. And God says, it's not profiting the church. So it's like 1 Corinthians 13 says, it's a sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. It's worthless. So one has to step back and let the other. Because what's best for me might not just be best for everybody. But then there's another stipulation in that chapter that says three or four at the most. We're not going to have a whole 
service, that's an hour and a half of people giving messages and tongues and interpretation. Right. Say, well, why not? Because God said so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. He, he's, you know, he, I think that'd be great. Again, yeah. not very important to the church God is building. Right. Amen. Amen. That's just the bottom line. Right. I think it would be awesome, especially if that's your gift. And God says, duly noted, don't care. This is my church. I'm building it. I want you to help. But to me, that's not decent and in order. So in my mind, I start thinking someone gives a message. Sometimes the same person has another message. That's happened. Sometimes somebody else has a message. Sometimes somebody else has a message. Then another person, the first person has a third message. That can happen. But once we get to around three or four, God says one at a time. That by course is what it says. You can read it later. It seems to me if I could take the understanding of this scripture that there may just be a fifth message in the church that somebody feels just as much as the first one, second one, third one, the fourth one. And God says three or four, that's it. Amen. That's what I've said. That's what I want. But I feel it just as much. You'll be all right. You'll be okay. So I think there's a principle here. I think there's a principle that we got to recognize that I might feel that anointing so strong. I've heard people say, I had to. It didn't help the church. It didn't help what God was trying to accomplish. It didn't fit in to the goals of God's church and he's building. So what you felt need to be controlled and made decent and in order. Do you understand what I'm saying? In fact, I might have to say, get behind me, Satan. Because when you think your idea of what's best trumps God's word or God's ideas of what he wants done, that's not God. That's a distraction and that's the devil. We've got to look at all of our our thoughts and ideas and say, okay, how does it orchestrate into a beautiful direction of God's plan for what he's doing? Because like I said, there's some people, they come in, worship and praise, and they, it never crosses their mind. It's for the preacher to think about the will of God. That's why people get in the way. Amen. That's why people are a distraction. That's why people, the devil can use them to make it tougher for us to have church because you don't realize, hey, I've got to start thinking, God, what do you want? Is this going to help revival? Is this going to help somebody be saved that's in the house of God? Is this going to help the spirit of God bring conviction on a sinner? Amen. Is this going to help God work in a, in a greater way in our midst? What, is, what, are, the, what are the goals? We've, we've had the whiteboard up here already saying, hey, here's what the church is about. And then we come to church and we just... What's easiest, what I think, what's convenient. Sometimes what's best for me is not edifying to what God's trying to do. 1 Corinthians 14, if you drop down, well, to verse 12, it says, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, I want to do something for God. God's called me to do something for him. Yes, absolutely. Here's Here's where you start. Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Amen. Well, I I like to do this. Would it be a blessing? I enjoy doing this for God. Is it a help? Amen. 
Have you ever just thought, how can I be a help? How can I serve? How can I bless? How can I make a service? You know, a lot of people help me, Jesus, but this may just blow your mind. It might not seem real, real spiritual to you, but you want to figure out this pastor's mind and and my what I'm trying to accomplish. I want to do the will of God. See as many people saved as possible. See the presence of God work in every service. And I want as little problems as possible. Amen. I want as little difficulties as possible. Amen. Because we've got our a full plate with what the devil's doing. Amen. We got a full plate trying to build, help God build a church in this last day. We need as many people saying, I'm here. You can count on me. You can rely on me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to serve. I want to help. I want to give of myself to see God's will accomplished. Think about it. How many different people in the Bible did Jesus look at and say, get behind me, Satan? Huh? How many times has something even close to that happened? It was a well-intentioned idea that was not in line with what God's purpose was. Amen. It was the devil putting a stumbling block, making it tougher for Jesus to do his job. God help us to get a burden, to get the vision of what the great job, the great thing that God has made us a part of. But all the things you see in this community, they need what you and I have. All the sin in this world, they need the Holy Ghost. God's going to break chains. God's going to give victory over the devil. And he can use you and I to do it. But together, as a body, as a team, sharing the same purpose, that same vision. Because there's a lot of things I'm going to tell you that you might get your eyes on and think, man, that's really hard for Brother Flosser. That makes it really hard for God to move. It might not be so much. It might just be a, a man like Peter, a woman like Peter that says, you know, I think I know what's best. And it's only best for you and not best for the will and the, the working of God's spirit. But when we yield ourselves to God, when we allow ourselves to... To just get over ourselves and just say, God, I want to do your will. Just let me help. Let me bless. Let me just be a part. And Lord, this church needs your gifts. Lord, it doesn't have to be me, but move. This church needs to see souls one. It doesn't have to be me, but help me be a help to that process. I know what God wants. I know what God's desire is. It's simple. We have a Bible telling us that. Help me to get behind that and do what I can do, what I can do better than anybody else. Amen. Your gifts, your abilities, when you start just using them to be a blessing and a help, that's when you really start living, when you really start experiencing the joy of being a part of something so much bigger than yourself, than your family, than than anything around. You're a part of the kingdom of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. I feel so strongly 
that there's a people here that understand what I'm saying more than ever. People here that that know something special is happening in these last days. The, the battles are tough. But God's presence, even in the service tonight, doors that are being opened, prayers that are being answered, there's an opportunity. In this day that we're living in, to be a part of the church that Jesus Christ is building. Be a part of something so amazing. The, the kingdom of God. Seeing lives transformed. Seeing lives turned around. Seeing people set free. From sin, from lies. The devil's trying to distract you. The devil's trying to keep you away from the important part that you are in his kingdom. And he does it so subtly. But day by day goes by. And if he can just keep you one day at a time away from his will for you. Distracting you from the very thing that will bring purpose in your life. Be an important part of his kingdom. That brings revival. That brings victory in lives. That brings salvation to the lost. So many of you, you drive... Some of you drive miles and miles to be here. Some of you have made it a purpose to organize your schedule around, making sure you're a part of as many services as you can be. But now, now that you're here, remember, God's doing something. God's building something. God's got a plan, a purpose. a part of that. Understand it. Without a vision, people perish. Without an understanding of of the spiritual goals that God has for us in this day, in this hour. Could it be that some would be getting in the way of revival, getting in the way of setting a stumbling block in front of the will of God, making it harder for us to really see God work. Oh, God, help us. Help us surrender to His direction, to edify, to build, to profit with all. Come on, let's find a place to pray. God, you're so good.
the goals that he has set for his kingdom. Don't waste any more time. Don't waste this year that God's blessed us with. We don't know if it's going to be our last. those that are weak? How can I be a help to those in need? How can I glorify God to my best in this service? Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.